Welcome back to the Different Spectrums podcast. If you haven't listened to our show before, we have conversations around mental health and we dabble in humor. Yep. This we also, yeah, see, there you go. Waiting for it. Uh, we also try to help people understand, identify, and normalize their emotions from movies and shows, specifically certain scenes. You've probably already watched these movies and shows, but we're going to use a different perspective, and one would say a different spectrum. <laughs> Dumbo, nice. Mm-hmm. That's an actual beanie baby. Whoa, big beanie spender baby. over there. It's got the it's tag on it and everything. It's got the tag. Yeah. It's the, He's gonna the, sell uh, it legit. It's the coach tag. How old is that? I just bought it the other day at a gas station. Oh, it's a gas station beanie bag. I thought it was a collectible you had over the years. I mean, it's I a collectible. It a oh, yeah, I got that, and then uh, uh, you know, a little bit of meth at the gas station. Mm. And moving on, I am your co-host for the show, Spencer. We're joined today. With our special guest, she is a licensed clinical therapist. She is an old school track star. We'll say that now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Runner. Uh, Forrest Gump. Run. <laughs> it's Vicky, everybody. Hey guys, welcome. 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 It's our show. I'm back. I'm back. We're welcoming you back. Yeah. Thank you. She's back after like a four month delay. Oh, yeah. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. It's good. But we're better now. We're we're healing. We're on the healing train. Yep. Yep. Had to. You lost about 200 pounds, maybe. What happens when you get rid of people in your life? About 200 pounds? 200 pounds? pounds? I don't know how much he weighs. It's an idiot. 150 pounds? Who weighs 200 pounds? I don't know. Your ex. Your ex. Jesus Christ. All right. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't know. 205? So he'd be like five pounds. I was close. 200 pounds. You lost 200 pounds. Something like that. Okay. Anyways, back to the show. Um, (laughs) Not having... Just a conversation here. Uh, we have our what you're you're just an instigator, you're an instigator, dude. I, I have to say it. I'm it's an instigator okay. too. It's okay, I do the same thing, but you do on a whole other level where you're like, What? I didn't know. Okay, I do. It's our licensed clinical <laughs> therapist. He's gonna be a doctor, which I'm always, I'm always scared to say because it's just sometimes. I'm like, really? Doctor? Mm-hmm. Right, fair enough. I got the gloves uh, and everything. You had them before you even got into the program. Yep. <laughs> it's Nazir, everybody. Hello, people. I love how you were about to do a finger gun and you're like, oh, can't point it at the screen. Nope. <laughs> there we go. Gotta be safe. <laughs> Anyways. This is Jeff Hardy. <laughs> All right, all right. Um, Nazir, tell us what clip we're going to watch and from what movie. Okay. We're watching Antoine Fisher. We're going to, we might watch two scenes. We'll see, we'll see YouTube lets us get away with. But specifically, uh, we're going to watch when Denzel Washington uh, helps this young man that's in the Navy. 
uh, goes to therapy and he didn't want to go. And Denzel's like, okay, well, you ain't got to say nothing, but you're going to sit your ass here until you talk. Mm-hmm. So yes. that's what happens. They just sit there and sit there and sit there. And uh, eventually the young man opens up and uh, that's the scene. He starts digging into some deep stuff later on in the movie. He starts getting better, healing, goes through some, you know, works through his trauma, uh, gets in a relationship, starts to be vulnerable and have emotions. Mm. Gross. Yes. And then Denzel's like, "Going to hear this? Yeah, she already knows. She knows the deal. Oh, <laughs> she signed up. It's harsh. That's harsh. Turn that off. Love. What? Who's yeah. That? Yeah." He already told her he's putting a baby in her last episode. So I did, I did. Really? Well, yeah, it's because everyone's having babies. It. So I mean, we might. Yeah. She's next. I was like, yeah, you're next. He's like, what the hell? <laughs> Join the party. It's a thing. I want to be with the crowd. <laughs> yep. We're trying to fit in. We're camouflaging. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Getting women pregnant. That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's the scene. Scene before that, Denzel freaks out on him because the young man freaks out. Uh, what was his name again? Derek something? I just sent it to y'all. Derek Luke? Mm-hmm. It's the dude who plays Booby Miles on Friday Night Lights. He also is the therapist in 13 Reasons Why. He's also in a Tyler Perry movie. Yep. He's in a couple other like, right. uh, I think he was in um, the one with, um, what's her fucking name? Jesus. Oh, that one. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that, very that specific. One? I know remember that one. one? The one yeah. with the black woman. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, that one. It was one of the sad ones. <laughs> 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 All of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> black trauma boy. Uh, so yeah. Um, uh, slight trigger warning for folks that don't like yelling in the first scene. Uh, we're allowed to show that one. Uh, the therapy scene is quite peaceful, actually. They're just kind of chopping it up, talking. Trigger warning if you're going to watch the entire movie, because it's a, it's a lot of heavy stuff. Uh, so don't watch that unless you're like in the right mindset to watch that. A lot of the violence, domestic violence, assault, stuff like that. It's intense. All right, Spence, you got any any updates for the people? Follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Whole deal. TikTok is at 705 followers, I think, at this point in time. Okay. So just 300 more, and we can actually put a link up to our link tree on our mm-hmm. profile. So 300 more. Um, and we actually have one one of our posts as at, like, I want to say, like, 100,000 views or something like that. So we're getting Gotta get it up there. We're figuring we're it out. There. And that's without paying, fools. That's right. Yep. Marketing. Marketing. They had a lot of Viagra. Get to the sink. <laughs> okay, let's get to the sink. <laughs> he said you gotta get it up, so I don't know what you See him in Fisher. Right this way. I understand this is not your first time here. You saw Dr. Williams? No, he saw me. (laughs) That's your wife? 
Yes. Have a seat. Uh, I understand you like to fight. It's the only way some people learn. Hmm. But you paid the price for teaching them. You want to talk about it? About what? Whatever's bothering you. Why something got to be bothering me? Well, because I jumped on a white boy. Something must be wrong with me. Send him to the psychiatrist. Nigga tried to kill his master. <laughs> he must be crazy. <laughs> you looking for a discharge, Fisher? I ain't looking for nothing. That's where you're headed. If I want out of the Navy, I'll just leave. Unauthorized absence. Yeah, that's what the Navy calls it. Mm -hmm. Running away how you handle your problems? I don't have no problems. Mm. Where you from, Fisher? Where'd you spend your childhood? Cleveland. Parents still live there? I never had any parents. They deceased? I never had... I never had parents. That would make you a medical miracle, Seaman Fisher. Where you from? I'm from under a rock. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm going to see you next week. I ain't coming back. Why not? Because there's nothing wrong with me. I agree with you there. See you next week. See the receptionist on your way out. Next Wednesday, 1400. Yeah, send him in. Don't look your hands off me, man. I thought you may have forgotten your way here last week, so I took the liberty of sending an escort team for you. You may be able to make me come here, but you can't make me talk. Thank you, you're dismissed. You don't want to talk to me, huh? Let me lay this out for you, son. This is how many cases I have, okay? I don't have time to waste. Now, I get three sessions only to make an eval and a recommendation to your commanding officer. You know he wants to throw you out of the Navy, don't you? Now, you can sit here and you can not talk to me if you want to, but our sessions don't begin until you begin talking to me. I got nothing to say. Okay. And we'll sit until you do. I got a whole lot of work to catch up on. We can sit here every day until the day I retire. Doesn't matter to me. Doesn't matter to me either. All righty. What about the brig? What about it? Send me to the brig. Here's the brig right there. Lock yourself up. Time's up. See you next week, 1400.
chips? Say anything. Thought you said something. <clears throat> I was just clearing my throat. Okay. <clears throat> Maybe you're coming down with something. <clears throat> I'm all right. Just one. Just one. It's just a waste of time sitting here week after week. Wasting time. I don't want you to waste your time, Antoine. So what you want me to say? It's not what I want you to say. It's what you want to tell me. Maybe you can start by asking me a question. I don't know, get things going. I can do that. You said you come from under a rock. What do you mean by that? I don't know. It's the first thing that comes to my mind. What you think it means? Well, it could mean that, uh, that you feel under pressure, that, uh, uh you feel a weight pressing down on you, that you're in the dark, that you're alone. You said you had no parents. I had parents. Okay. Only three sessions, right? Only three. My father's name was Edward. So you knew him? No. I didn't even know his last name. You know where he is? Yeah, I know where he is. Do it! He went to his ex-girlfriend's house. They got into an argument. She killed my father. Where was your mother when this happened? Behind bars. I see. I was born in prison two months after my father was murdered. Why was she confined, your mother? I don't know. All I know is what I told you. So you were turned over to the state? Yeah. The state placed me in this orphanage. It was supposed to be until my mother got out to claim me, but she got out when she never claimed me. Hmm. How long were you there? Two years. How does that make you feel, Antoine? I don't know. Come on, you must have had some feelings about it. What, you, what did it feel like? Rainy days. Like rainy days? Okay. Why is that? You know, in Cleveland, it, it, it rains, not all the time, but uh, to a kid who wants to go out and play it. It seemed like it rains every day, but uh, 
kids expect it to rain sometimes, but for one kid, it rained too much. Okay. You want me to come back next week? Yes, I do. You ever try to find her, your mother? No, sir. Okay. Next week. Thank you, sir. Who's next? So, um, Dr. Davenport. Sent him to the gym? Hit the punching bags? Ain't that what you're prescribing? So why are you here? You feeling under pressure? You feel like uh, a rock is on top of you? Come on now, speak the hell up. You better make it snappy. You only got three sessions coming. What are y'all looking at? What you looking at? You feeling sick? You need a healing? You need a healing? Do you need a healing? Huh? Do you need a healing? Some of y'all sick-ass sailors need to come back after working hours. See, that's when the good Dr. Davenport, he'll be laying his hands on you. Or he may have a book in there that may have the answers to all your problems and all your questions. Ain't that right? Ain't that right? Would you like to step into my office? Are you finished? I thought I was just getting started. Let me tell you something, son. It may have slipped your mind. But you are addressing a superior officer. You understand me? Do you understand me? Yes, sir. I slipped up. You better believe you did. No, sir. I mean, I slipped up when I talked to you. What? Three sessions, right? That's correct. Can't be flouting regulations. That's correct. Well, what do I do, Commander? Because I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. All right, and we are back. So we just took a look at the scene, a couple scenes, and hey, gotta love that Denzel Washington. I right. I love him. I love that him. man. He just, pretty good actor. Oh yeah, pretty good. He's all right. You know, he's okay. He has the moments. <laughs> okay. I love how Sarcasm. he always like in a lot of movies. He always has like the the glasses with like the straps on. There's a few movies where he's had had those. I'm like, that's his style. It's his style. It's the old soul. Old soul. Yep. Uh, but yeah, um, very dramatic scenes that we just watched. Um, did not expect his dad to get shot right there. I was like, oh, okay. That just came out of nowhere. <laughs> well, that just happened. Wow. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, he did. All right. Well, okay. Um, oh, how's your mom? She's was... in prison. She's <laughs> in prison, and, and my dad was shot with He's a dead. shotgun. Which by by a woman that just was like, wow, all right, and I'm closing the door now. <laughs> like, okay. All right. I guess that's all right. If that's, that's how Cleveland. you get down in that neighborhood. That's that's Cleveland. Cleveland. Yep, just shoot oh, yeah, people he in does the say chest Cleveland. and close Damn. the door. 
didn't even <laughs> unlock the chain just literally kept the chain on shot him and then <laughs> anyways um i thought it was interesting um the three sessions that um that denzel has um only three sessions um i think both of you can kind of relate to that you might have a limit on what your mm -hmm. clients can um how long they can actually see you um and i'm kind of just interested to hear both of your opinions on um what you think of that like would you want more sessions obviously with people that kind of need them um a lot more but would you want to like if there was a requirement to only three would you want to push that more or do you think like that's a good number overall three so in a military it might be a little bit different i think maybe it was three just to see if he was okay to continue uh -huh. working but maybe it was only he got three just to you know look over some stuff what colin told me is you know when they leave in the military you know hey you good you can kill the one, right? And then they just let you go. He said that mm. the exit interview is terrible for the therapy stuff. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, that's what Colin said about that. Moses said the same thing as well for his exit interview. That's my other boy. It was uh, done from the Marines. Uh, but I think that might have been three mandated because he had messed up. In my mm. place right now, it's a four to eight. They get between four to eight sessions. Uh, national average in college, uh, universities is... Uh, Right around five sessions is the is the norm that people use. Uh, some is like three point five, some is like four. It, it's between between four and five sessions. Because uh, you get some people that show up one time and then that's it. Then I get some people that you know I see them like fifteen times in a year. Never leave. They never leave. So it's really kind of everywhere. There's a lot of material out there saying you know that four to eight is probably prime real estate where they're good. 48 sessions, you can do a lot of good work. Three, mm -hmm. tough to do a lot of work in three. And if you're doing trauma work that he needed, that's that's not enough at all. That's that's nothing. Mm -hmm. uh, that would be actually be more harmful. Uh, three mm -hmm. sessions for someone with major PTSD mm -hmm. from childhood trauma. Yeah, not good. Vic, I don't know about you and your work, if there's minimums or maximums y'all got. So for me, uh, where I work... Um, I'm only, I'm not doing uh, individual therapy right now, but I do intake. So I do eligibility, eligibility determinants, um, or post hospital discharges. But, uh, me personally, three is too short. That uh, That's too short for anyone. But like you mentioned, you might get a client. It might not be a good counselor therapist fit. And you meet one time I've had clients cry, cry on the first session. So it just kind of depends, like, are you guys getting in there? Are they open? Are they reserved, guarded, you know? And everyone has a different situation. So you don't know what you're working with until you kind of get the, the meats and potatoes. Um, as now as with, you know, biopsychosocial. So we're going to answer, you know, my intake, it's like, that's session one. We're going to go through and address everything because we don't know if, you got medical stuff that's impacting your mental health or vice versa. So it's like we had to get the information and then we're gradually getting into what brought you here type of thing. So three sessions, that's too, too brief. Um, I kind of agree, but now it's like maybe four to eight. Sometimes you get that, that client or consumer that's just like dependent. 
Um, and usually I got them. from what I've been told is the first session you pro you prep them like, oh, like you prep them for, you know, the end during the first session. It's like, I don't always do that per se. Um, but you do have that yeah, conversation with them in the beginning, maybe by session two or three, like, Hey, like this isn't a forever thing. want to get you to a point where you could be, st you know, stable and have coping skills and be able to use these things outside of therapy so that you don't have to have me all the time. But that makes sense. I need to start doing that more often with my kiddos at the university. Man, we got, we got three siblings. Yeah, they don't start till you talk. They don't start till you shut the fuck up. Because <laughs> that's all they do is talk. So they don't start till you till you go quiet. Then you get to three. Actually, that math don't add up at all. I'm confused now. Jesus, you just add thing and subtracting at the same time. You get nothing. Yeah, you get nothing. You stay where you are at all yeah. times. Yeah. <laughs> Try deep breathing. Good luck. <laughs> May the odds be forever in your favor. Hey, you got trauma? Just breathe. How about that? You ever think of that? <laughs> Stupid. Yeah. You got to take some deep breaths, too. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> three is three is not enough. Uh, deep trauma. Any of the stuff that he's talking about, not enough. Uh, to do a quick assessment to see if like you're stable enough to like go do your work, three's fine. Because mm -hmm. um, you're just making an assessment. You're not actually technically doing therapy. You're just assessing. Uh, so I think it's a little different assessing versus therapy. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, what Vic was saying, man, I feel like it's like 1.5 sessions, maybe two sessions before you even get the full intake and know what's going on. Uh, mm -hmm. With a lot of my neurodivergent kids, Spence, Shit, they might not even get comfortable like what me and Serena and Don were talking about until it's like session four, mm -hmm. five, six. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. they start like talking. Uh, right. At the university level, that's not good because you you know you got to pump them out quicker than that because there's so many students. If they're paying for yeah. it, then it really doesn't matter because it's their money. So if they they slow roll it, they slow roll it. Mm -hmm. I was going to add, and, that, and Smith, that's another determinant too. Um, unfortunately, um, a place where I intern um was uh partial hospitalization so we would run kid groups adolescent groups adult groups and i kid you not this is for a profit so they would check their insurance and if the insurance approved 12 days they would intentionally try to keep the individual there for 12 days yep mm. and that's doing more harm than good if they don't need to be there yep right so that's another factor, um, but for the purpose of Antoine Fisher, you know, he's been evaluated. Is he still going to be stable? Is he good? Is he mentally fit to, you know, it, hold these? Is duties? he going to kill one of these white boys? Like, he obviously he right. don't like white people, so that's he a problem. Does not. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> not. <laughs> I see a white boy again. He did. Like, I, I was just trying to get some groceries. Like, I don't know. What. Yeah. Like, I just walked my dog. My bad, dog. <laughs> hey, I ain't saying he's wrong. You know, I'm just saying. You know. <laughs> I'm just saying it's a little aggressive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you hold that in. Yeah, yeah. Just hurt him a little bit. Doesn't mean you gotta. Don't kill there's him. A, just hurt there's him. A, there's a little, a little stab. A little stab. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
get a really sharp pencil and just. <laughs> we should get Serena for this pod because you know she got she's used to the trauma. You know she like hurting people, stabbing yeah with her yeah. hatchet. Hatchet. Yeah, it was a whole thing in the last pod. Oh my goodness! Yeah, she Jack Nicholson. I don't know. Yeah. Speaking of Hatchet, that's one of my favorite books. Yeah, that was a that was one in, in third grade. Yeah, middle school for me. I think it was middle school. They yeah. made us read like Hatchet. Really? They made yeah. you? Yeah, it was like a requirement. English. You had to read it. Damn, yeah. I like selectively read it on my own. Cause I must have been bored. I never selectively childhood. read anything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, can I you read, read it, it to me? Great, thank you. I didn't read a book for real, for real, until I was in graduate school. Jesus. Took a while. Yeah, I was like 25 before I read my first book. It was intense. You're like, oh, this is what people like. Yeah. Everyone would be sitting there during reading time in class and, you know, reading all the book. I'd just be staring at the pages like, oh, this is stupid. Like Even in college. Else. Same thing in college. People would be like reading or whatever. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to yeah. look around. In college, was it still like a pop-up book? You're like, yeah, I like this. <laughs> I like turtles. <laughs> Make it move. Jesus. Uh, Anyways. <laughs> Tuan, where okay, so we talked about the sessions. Uh and then Spence already did some of his stuff. Uh Vic. So well, I know you had a few things that you wanted to chat about. What's on your mm-hmm. list? What's on your your number one? Um, I think for me, I wrote down suppress anger and ranking. So you have Antoine that's in the military. Yep. So he's order he's mandated you have to go to therapy because you're displaying these behaviors and it's a problem for us um he's like i don't have a problem you guys have the problem it's not me it's y'all um and so now he's been mandated the guy who's providing the therapy has a higher rank than him so he's already coming in you know pissed off and guarded and just like well you're my superior and I'm being told I have to open up and do therapy. I'm being told I'm I'm a problem child within the system. So for me, it's like, how does that really work? Like, I, I think I would feel the same way. I think I would be pissed off and guarded. And I'm like, I'm not telling you shit because you might get my black ass kicked out of here. Very true. You know? Um, and it seems like at that time, maybe in his life, like that's the only thing that he had control over was him being in the Navy. Um, and then the anger, it's like, obviously he is angry, um, but it's yep. been suppressed anger and that's due to the trauma, unresolved trauma. Um, and you can tell he wants to talk about it, but then he's like guarded. Like if I open up to this guy, what's going to happen? As he should be, you know, yep. as he should be. I'm vulnerable. Um, I don't want to be vulnerable. I want to stay in my little safe haven and keep doing me. I don't want to change. Change makes me feel, eh, you know, um, so for me, they're kind of that's how I evaluate the whole situation. Like he, you know, he's feeling attacked. So I'm, you know, he's he's under the spotlight. So I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, I agree. Uh, <laughs> I know 
because I was looking at going into the military as a subcontractor um, or mm -hmm. even joining. And so you would be automatically an officer. So your rank would be higher than pretty much most folks with your uh, mm -hmm. master's. And you can make some bank if you go into the military and sign a deal. If you stay in there at t over 10 years, you're talking like mm. money on top of money on top of money, money. You said oh, wow. 10 years. I'm like, ooh. I mean, but that would just be your job. I mean, you would just work as a therapist for them and you would just good money. After, I think, year six, it increased astronomically, the pay. Are you uh, active duty? I mean, you're in the military, so technically it's active duty, but you're only designated for counseling. Mm. So you would be stationed at a base, and then you would just work with everyone on the base. Hmm. Yeah. I wish I knew that. Those, yeah, Some those years folks, ago. they don't get deployed. Oh, you can still sign up. Anyone with that's a map? The thing. That's, that's the fucked up thing, though. It's like... Are you taking that that roulette gamble? Like, ooh, you can end up anywhere, and you could, you, you couldn't. They can station you anywhere. Um, you don't get to mm -hmm. choose. You do have to do basic training, but it's like a very, very easy version, or and, and it's less time. Uh, and then you just work. You sign a four year or six year deal, and then you mm. can keep re upping it, and you get paid as a social worker, like in the eighty, ninety thousand, pretty quickly. Uh, Are we getting paid by the army right now? What the see? fuck is this? This is a recruitment video. We'll, we'll see the, the reason why. She was talking about the rankings, so I figured I'd go I, over. I thought about it, Spence, but not from like a therapy standpoint. Like, dear, still though, he's like, yeah, you make a money on money on money on money, money on money. You get to have like all these cool little <laughs> sippy drinks, and then you get to just go to places. Shut and the you get fuck up, pistol. dude. You get a little pistol. You get pop. Pop. I like this patient. Pop. Pop. <laughs> Oh, my God. Just, oh goodness. I would love to see you slap somebody in the military. They'd beat the <laughs> shit out of you. Oh, yeah. I'd be dead. Yep. Five white guys beating the shit out of me. But I, what, what happened? He failed. Oh, my God. I don't know what happened to him. He, just, he shot himself. He shot himself. He slipped. Yeah. Yep. Um, so that was a quick thing about the military. Jesus. Uh, I would be scared to open up as well, too. That's why a lot of counselors don't want to open up to the therapist that's inside athletics because they feel like they're going to just gab to the coach. So that's mm. why it's kind of safe, but then it's really not safe because it could impact their scholarships. It could mm. impact you know their money, their future pro prospects. Uh, if you're mandated, you're worried that, you know, that – Counselor is going to say some nasty shit in the notes, and then the judge is going to get it. You're going to lose your kids. People look at social workers when we're doing counseling is like, we're your kid snatchers. I mean, that's mm. what social workers are labeled as, is kid snatchers. Because, uh, mm. you know, we're going to write you up, and now we got you. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot, of, lot more backstory to that, too. Uh, unlike a lot of racist things, social workers... You know, white women used to do when they were taking native kids and black kids from their families. It's a whole lot of nasty stuff about social work. Um, we get into much more detail in the Atlanta episode. So if you want to go back and watch the Atlanta episode, oh, yeah. go for that. Yeah, it's true. See, see what we're doing here. We have to promote ourselves. Stop promoting the army jackass. We have to promote see, ourselves. Said, you just did it. I actually forgot. You know how that, the end of that show, the white couple like tries to kill the kid and they drive yeah. off and, well, that's what that guy did in that Tesla out, what, in California or whatever? He drove it right off the oh, cliff. Oh, it was family? 
Yeah, yeah. And they all survived. And then they all survived. And yeah, he's idiot. going to jail for life now, idiot. Yeah. It reminded me of that scene, though. Well, that's um, a good thing. They all survived, but... Oh, yeah. 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 Talk about well, the trauma. Super lucky that they lived. Unfortunately, in real life, the actual, like, lesbian couple that adopted the uh, black kids, they actually did run off of, like, a bridge or something oh, or no. in the ocean. and They, they had, like, five died. or six kids. Yeah. yeah. And they all died, unfortunately. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, it's Atlanta, like, you didn't they take actually... the kids with you? Yeah, they were. They're were like, Terrible. we can't do this all in the same world. We hate this place. And like the kids are like, what the fuck are you talking about? Don't include me in this. I was just watching cartoons, chilling, eating yeah. mac and cheese. I had some social work. It's fine. Whatever. I know. So we're going to. Uh, yeah, I mean it's fine because these are like longer pods now. So if we get sidetracked, it really doesn't matter. Um, sure. Only time it matters is because then I completely fucking forget where we left off. Social workers. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that's a, it's a thing, it's, uh, the stigma and all that stuff. So I can get not wanting to open up. They have to trust you. And then you got to do your best not to break that trust. If you break that trust with one athlete, I assume, or one military person, that, that's mm-hmm. it. Your name is dead. Your name is dead, and they're not going to come to you. They're not, no one's going to open up to you. You'll be taboo. Uh, so I know that very well working so much in athletics or small schools, it's all about word of mouth. Uh, and Spence knows he's seen all the kids coming up to me at the old school. If my name was trash or they thought I was like telling everyone shit, then uh, no one would come. No no one, no one be near you. Yeah. Piranha or pariah or not piranha. Piranha. I'm going to eat (laughs) you. So how do you kind of go? How do you kind of maneuver away from that as a therapist um trying not to be you want to act you, you want to help your students but at the same time you also want to make sure that they're getting the help that they need right so how do you kind of maneuver that especially if they're like athletes or anything like that um do you talk to their coaches do you uh, um do you talk to like anybody who might be a little bit higher up than the coaches or do you kind of just keep it with the student unless it like progressively gets worse or anything like that. So I'll take that first. Cause I worked with a lot of athletes. It depends uh, if they're mandated, which I did get mandated athletes. A lot of them is usually for behavior mm-hmm. and alcohol use or drug use. Some of it was mm-hmm. for disrespecting women. Um, uh, I usually, I usually get, <laughs> yes. Some of the baseball <clears throat> boys too, though. Baseball uh, and hockey. I would get, the letter i'm like hey man i need to have the coach involved in some of this to give them updates mm-hmm. that you're at least coming to sessions that's it i'm gonna have you write it in the contract in the what the hell is it called not letter of consent release of information for the coach that hey mm-hmm. i i can tell them that you're attending because the coach knows you're coming to me i need to be able to report it that way he doesn't kick your ass off the team i'll get that signed we're good his coach would be like, Nas, I don't need you to tell me anything, but like they're going, right? Said so they're going, everything's fine. They're mm-hmm. not going, you need to bring their ass into my office. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's usually where we go with that. Uh, most of the time, you don't want to have any signatures for coaches because you want it just between you and your client. But sometimes mm-hmm. when you know there's a lot of issues, behavior issues, drinking issues, so fights. Yeah, you need, you need to have more people involved. If it's an eating disorder, 
You need to be mm. linked with the nutritionist that's through athletics and the athletic trainer because they're the ones that are with them all the time and possibly mm-hmm. the uh, the lifting coach. Um, that was my go-to. I would have a release with at least three people usually if it was an eating mm. disorder. Uh, but other than that, no releases unless they were mandated for violence or drinking and eating disorders. So other than that, it's just me and them. Fair and you push them, you push them, you talk, you build a bond. Maybe there's medication, supplements, center of the nutritionist, right? There's a bunch of different stuff. Uh, being a big boy helps me with trust because there's always respect because I'm so large. So they're like, this guy's going to kill me. I'm like, yep. You just do the sumo stance. Like... <laughs> <laughs> From the replacements, which we did a pod on, if you want to go check it out. See, there you go. See, yep. look at that. Nandi Ska. <laughs> just rips off my pants wearing a big ass diaper. Just start oh eating eggs. <laughs> Why is he eating so many eggs? <laughs> oh god. I'm bulking. Okay. It's all replacements references. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Vic? Do you have you ever had to get other people involved with things? Um we're talking from like a coaching or student athlete standpoint or just in general? No, just in general. general. Um, I will say um, the second university I coached at, um, unbeknownst to me, we had a love triangle incident that almost ended fatal for one person. Um, and I was unaware of it. I was the only female staff as well. And it just would have made more sense to involve me. I could have like intervened or pulled people aside. Um, but we had an incident like that. Um, when I worked at Eastern, we had a girl that was on the rise um, with ESPN. She had been homeless and Detroit had cancer twice. And Jesus. she really struggled. Like there was times I had to like forward to the side, like, look, like, sis, you're on the full ride. Like you had it made. But because her trauma wasn't addressed. Yep. She came in with all this pressure. Yep. This perceived you have to do this and do that and you're giving this money expectations. But college athletics is very political. It's about money. It's about image. So if you're not holding up to your end of the bargain, we have a problem. We got to talk here. A young lady ended up walking away from her scholarship and she's going God who knows what. But I think happens. Looking back, like I wish I had the counseling skills that I have now. Also I wasn't in a counseling program then, but yes, I was just using yes. what I had for my a bachelor level. Um uh, she really needed to have intensive therapy, like trauma therapy before she even walked onto the team. Yeah. Um um I had to petition someone right like going into Christmas. Like I had a, a lady come in and she came in by herself and she had previous suicide attempts and things like that. And I had to consult my supervisor, like, hey, I'm I'm doing this intake remotely from home. How do we do this petition? Because I'm not physically in the building. Um, so sometimes it's like you have to do that breach of, you know, confidentiality to protect the client from yep. self-harm. So things like that. Um, 
but you got to be comfortable being a therapist. Like I remember being in my counseling program and there were like other students that were afraid to say, are you going to kill yourself? And I'm like, if you can't verbalize that and yep. practice that, you should not be in this field. Yep. Every day I ask that question, have you ever tried to kill yourself? How would you do it if they say yes? So it's things like that. Like, um, I never got anyone mandated. We don't do mandates where I work. Yep. Um, that's just not a thing. It's like, we prefer them out. We're not appropriate. That's not what we do. Um, but we do often have to kind of like put our foot down for certain things. It's like, you had to kind of triage people like, okay, do, do we send you here? Then if we send you here, then we got to tell certain folks about this, you know, the protection, keep you safe. So it just kind of depends. Um, but I've never, um, oh, no, nah, this is probably like 20, I don't know, 2014. There was a girl at my alma mater, um, and I had to talk to my coach. And I was like, hey, like, I want to talk to your athlete at that conference. Um, her head is not in the right place. And I was like, I would, I said, where she is collectively right now, I wouldn't trust putting her on the four by four. She's not stable enough. And he's like, he's, you know, he's trying to win this event. And I'm like, she's got bigger issues. She just told me she's like self-injury, like self-injurious behaviors, like cutting herself and having suicidal thoughts since the fall. I'm like, how did you let this fly over your head type thing? So, um, she ended up getting injured and she didn't finish her last year, but you know, Sometimes the coaches just don't understand and you have to be these kids advocates and, and break it down. Like, Hey, yep. You know, we need your help. We can't do this alone. Yeah, it's true. So, if, if that happened at the university that I was working with uh, at, and then with athletes and there's like some intense stuff, I'm like, Hey, I got to get a signature now. I, I got to talk to this mm -hmm. coach. Cause you talking about killing yourself or you, you know, mm -hmm. you're not eating and you're passing out and shit and you, you know, fainting mm -hmm. from not eating your eating disorder. I'm like, no, I got to get other people involved because now you're on a one-way track to die. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I've had athletes where the friends will bring them in and, you know, mm -hmm. like, man, why, why the whole group, why the half the team just bring you in? Well, you know, I guess I tried to kill myself. What's I guess? Well, I was drunk yeah. playing on the train tracks. You mean to tell me mm -hmm. the team why? found you on the train tracks and they took you to coach. Then they brought you to me. And then I got, you know, I went home and then I got a shotgun at home. I'm like, oh shit. Yeah, that's well, pretty we're intense. Doing, we're doing therapy. We're gonna do some meds. And we're gonna try and keep this thing locked down. Uh and you know, with with a lot of that stuff and some help to end up staying in school, I was I was actually shocked. I was like, there's no fucking way this this kid or a couple other kids make it. They did. You give people a little bit of talking, some support through coaches, mm -hmm. they can do it. Yeah, the train Something track one was here. Yeah, yeah, that's that's old school. Like, that's yeah, like... I kind of sort of did. It, I, Same I, I get a couple of those every once in a while. I'm like, have you ever tried to kill yourself? Whoa, and it's the awkward pause. I'm like, so yeah, I, I noticed you kind of hesitated there. There was some sort of pause. Like, let's talk about that. Yep, it happens. Yeah, you know, Spencer St. Mary's and trains were everywhere. So I mean, that's there's. What they told me. True. Yeah. It's just it's weird way. Crazy. I was like, most of the trains, mm. 
and over by St. Mary's are going slow as hell. So I don't even think yeah, you would, like ten, 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 ten. You would die just with <laughs> just with the conductor's you. literally like yelling at you, like, hey, what what's going on here? <laughs> Please leave. <laughs> Please. I just want to get home. Please. Yeah. Uh oh shit. I can I just say though, I just me personally, I think that when people do it in such a public like I don't think anybody should kill themselves, but at the same time, once you add other people to what you're doing to yourself i think that's just really fucked up because you are making their life miserable as well like now you now you have to now they have to think like they just killed somebody even though you took that into your own hands like there were people that you know run in front of trucks or buses or anything like that to kill Mm -hmm. themselves it's like why do you have to involve other people you just traumatized that. a whole bunch of innocent people. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just for you to act selfishly. That's what I just think. I think it's a selfish thing once you especially involve yeah. other people into it. Um, now, if you want to get help, that's one thing. But I think once you're doing it in such a public way that, like you said, once you traumatize somebody else, like their whole life is fucking probably ruined. Because how can you get over that? Like, mm-hmm. Yep. But yeah. It's true. That is very true yeah. that, uh, you know, suicide, people do it for many different reasons. They have, see it's the only way out. Uh, some say mm-hmm. it's selfish to do that because it's going to hurt their family, you know, their child, their loved one, right? You know, it could hurt mm-hmm. their friends, their teachers, right? I mean, suicide is not uncommon on college campuses. It's actually pretty high. Um mm-hmm. And then to do it in a public display where you run out in front of something or or maybe you threaten that you're going to kill yourself because your partner or you did the 13 reasons why and you wrote a letter to all 13 people on why you contributed to me killing myself, that's pretty messed up. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I will agree with that. Adding other people to it is a whole nother... Because what if they crash? Now they get now it's a bunch of people are dead. Like, why would you mm-hmm. do that? Mm-hmm. Um, Essentially, it's like it's... In a way, it's like if you're drunk driving, right? You are responsible for if somebody else gets hurt. Like, that's your responsibility. Yeah. It's not the other person's. They were just, you know, driving home sober, and then you decided to do that. To them. Absolutely. Made it it's work. the same way with people that want to involve others in them trying to harm themselves. I actually never thought about it like this. Because I've had multiple students like, hey, man, I'm just going to walk out in front of the bus on campus. I'm like, oh, that's nice. Yeah, I I think and hear me out. I think when people say stuff like that, like I had someone a couple weeks ago say, yeah, um, back in 2018, I laid down in front of the road and someone pulled me to the side to save me. So one, you're doing that for attention. That's your way of seeking help. But maybe people who who are thinking of having that pain or end of life inflicted on them by another party is their way of like, hey, I'm not doing it to myself, but I want to end this pain, but I don't want to be the I can't do it. The person responsible. I don't want to be the one acting on the intention of ending my life. So if it's done Passive. from a second party, then okay, I'm out. So maybe that's people's reasoning or thinking that way, like, oh, I have no idea. It could be. You know, I'll, I'll just jump in front of traffic or I don't know. Something like that. It's 
even they're if not going to be responsible for it per se. Yeah, even right. if you jump from a building, it still terrorizes everyone in the building and stuff like that. I, I never thought about it like that. On and all the people, people who are hurt on the sidewalk who witnessed it, or like if you land on somebody's car and they're in it or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So it's... the trauma. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. So this isn't this is public record, so I can speak on this. Uh, mm-hmm. But Purdue University had a, a trauma last semester, and it was national news that right. you know these boys were playing video games, and one boy beat the other boy. So the other boy, uh, this is a trigger warning for anyone. So if you want to pause this because uh, it's extreme violence, then pause this and just skip like two minutes ahead. Two minutes ahead. Go ahead and skip. So the one boy gets in trouble. Uh, the one boy gets aggravated and agitated. So the other boy walks into his room. And while they're on Discord and playing games with each other with a bunch of other friends, he walks into the kid's room, his roommate. He gets a little pocket knife and he stabs the boy in the head and neck multiple times, killing him. Um, so this happened at Purdue University, uh, like I said, last semester. Pretty intense. The trauma from that reverberated throughout the entire school. I mean, we're talking school mm-hmm. vigils. We're talking the RAs were traumatized from the blood everywhere. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the students on Discord. Friends, I mean, I'm still working with people that knew the young man, yeah. uh, right? I mean, there's tons of kids that knew him. There's tons of kids that knew him, knew him, mm-hmm. uh, like because he's from Indiana, right? Working at going to produce. I mean, it's intense. So the follow to that expense was massive, uh, yeah. massive. So if it was a suicide, it's going to be still some of the same trauma and fallout. I, I didn't think about it like that, but in those yeah. dark, dark, dark moments, obviously that was murder. In those dark, dark moments of suicidality, you're not thinking about anyone else. It's you're so lost in your darkness. I guarantee you, there's no way because that other stuff is all about empathy and not wanting to hurt others. Mm -hmm. I have to look at some statistics to see. Uh, Statistically, women usually uh, use less lethal means. Yeah, it's less lethal means. Pills and cutting, things like that. Usually less lethal. Men are using more fatal means, like... Firearms. Guns. Yeah, firearms and, like, legit tragic things. Uh, So Mm -hmm. those are a little bit more intense. That's why you have to take them very seriously. Anyone that's bipolar, you have to take this very, very seriously. Depression meets impulsivity and mania. Boom, that's when the suicidality happens. Opportunity. Yep. Uh, And then you always have to check for means, intent, planning, research. My boy the other day was like, what you mean, research? I said, you looking at ways to kill yourself? Like, what do you mean? Like, you Googling shit? I'm not going to give you no ideas now. Are you Googling shit? Mm-hmm. Well, no, I'm not Googling stuff. I may have thought about some things. I said, yeah, as long as you don't Google nothing, we're okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't even check your phone for that Google search. Yeah. Let me, <laughs> let me see your search history. Uh-oh. <laughs> Next time I'm going incognito mode. All right. Yeah. Incognito. Hey, all mine is is Taco Bell, Pollo Loco, Pollo Loco, Panda Express, Pollo Loco. Pollo Loco. How many Pollo Locos <laughs> you've It's a scene from a movie. I forgot. I think it's all about the Benjamins. It might have been. A Friday. He's like, man, what's your speed dial? Been. And it was just all Pollo Loco. Pollo and Pizza Loco. Hut. Jesus. I don't know. Uh, you can always remember a food scene. That's for damn sure. Oh my goodness. <laughs> You're not wrong. Cornbread. Can I have your cornbread? You, know, you, you can't. <laughs> yeah. No way, man. You ain't going to give him your cornbread. Hey, he might. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, suicide hours intense, man. FY, just go ahead and drop it here. Uh, suicide hotlines nine eight eight. You don't have to text the whole entire number. It's just nine eight eight. You can text or call. Uh, if you're yeah. at a university, again, you just call their number. It's usually twenty four hours. It'll send you to a call service. There's other crisis lines you can call that are usually closer to you as well. Uh, but when in doubt, nine eight eight. If you're legit going to hurt yourself in the moment, then call nine one one. They come get you. Mm. Uh, and if you have a loved one and you're worried about them, you call nine one one. They'll go do a mental health check. They won't get arrested mm-hmm. or nothing, but they'll go do a knock knock and then see if you know are they okay. A wellness check. And that was to add on to that. Um, at least where I live at, the police have been trained to you know recognize certain symptoms that people yep. might um, you know display and say, okay, we're we're not going to take them in for booking. We'll take yep. them to the hospital. Yep. So that's great that you know law enforcement starting to acknowledge some of that stuff and you know be like an advocate for individuals who have mental health issues. Mm-hmm. So. On college campuses, they're trained very, very well on the mental health mm-hmm. side. Uh, as much as they end up hospital- helping us hospitalize students, they, mm-hmm. they know they know what the deal is. They know what's going on. That and the ambulance, they know how to handle the students much more because uh, because of the training. School mandates the training, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the trauma with him, let's skip into the trauma with him. Mm-hmm. Later on in the show, you're going to see some stuff with him getting abused and orphaned. And he has like these PTSD flashbacks, you know, it, it's intense. I don't remember if it was just physical abuse or was it also a sexual, it was sexual too. I think I thought it was sexual too. I thought so. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's pretty intense. Uh, so trigger mm-hmm. warning for the show itself. So he's got a lot of work. You wonder why he's so mad at everyone. I think the saddest thing in that scene that makes me want to cry is I can feel it now. He said, you know, in Cleveland, you know, it rains a lot. Some for the kids that just want to go outside and play, it just rains and it rains too damn much. And for me, for mm-hmm. that kid, mm-hmm. it rained a lot. And he's right, it rained a lot. So now he's talking about the assaults, he's talking about the loneliness and isolation, he's talking about the damage, mm-hmm. the friends are all gone, right? Oh, damn, phone's going off. You're like, I'm waking up, blood pressure. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's dead. <laughs> yeah. Oh God! That's the that's the bell ringing. Oh, very very intense. Uh, and that's why he gets so mad at the doctor too, because he finally starts to get his trust. The sessions are over. He's like, "Hey, read these books. I've done that. Read these books. Do these exercising. Go. You know, you want to murder someone? You ain't got no plan or nothing like that. You say, but maybe let's go punch this punching bag and let's think, figure out some other ways to get this shit out." And that way I can work with your mind where you get this angst out. But how sad is that? Inside someone that angry is always going to be someone that traumatized. Hands down. Has to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not born that angry and miserable unless someone's taken it from you. Or the world's taken it from you. For some people, it rains too much. And I think that was the best part of the scenes. I, I didn't. I don't remember hearing that from when I watched it uh, before. Trauma's a son of a bitch. I don't care what color you are, what gender, all that stuff. It fucks with you. It can cause early death, ADHD, OCD, personality splits, horrific relationships, poor boundaries, 
shit, you could go my way where you just keep everyone at a distance and you only have like three friends, maybe two. And you're like, I don't even trust you, dirty motherfuckers. Oh, <laughs> I know who you're talking about, son of a bitch. Son <laughs> about you? I knew it. <laughs> yeah. Colin too pretty to be dirty. He ain't one of pretty boys. What the fuck ever. Uh, no. um, you too damn strong anyways. <laughs> I made a friend that was the same friend from the gym and we was talking and then we was talking and I said, yeah, my boy, Colin, he built just like it, you know? Oh, he takes steroids? I said, no, he don't take steroids. Oh, I showed shit. him. And then I'm on the, I'm on the, wait, he looks at, I'm showing him a picture of Colin. Colin's like, you randomly showed a dude a picture of me. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it was kind of weird, wasn't it? <laughs> Showing him off like he was your husband. Yeah. <laughs> Look, see, he, he just cute. had a he just had a baby. He had my baby. That's my baby now. <laughs> they're not steroids. They're they're enhancers. Right? <laughs> supplements. <They're> supplements. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know how we got onto that one from trauma, but okay. <laughs> Um, your fucking friends. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I need to lay off the meth. Uh, <laughs> Doctor Nazir, everybody. Doctor Nazir. <laughs> hey, don't knock it to your dread. I take that. That was full joke, sarcasm. Full joke, sarcasm. People. Full He's joke. not joking. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Oh, now they're just gonna smoke some meth. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> um, but the trauma side, what, what, what are y'all thinking about that? Uh, well, shit, since we just said meth a few times, that'll lead to some intense and heavy drug usage to help you dissociate from all those negative feelings. You know, I mean, right. at the end of the day, people, you know, well, I like drinking this and that. You like that because you like dissociating. Like, I don't care. Do what you want to do, have some fun. But when you're doing it constantly and you're just like out of it, out of it all the time, well, now you're dissociating and disconnecting from things and the opiates or or drugs, uh, right? So avoidance of sitting with those intense feelings Feelings. and working and processing through it. Whatever it is. Yep. Uh, Like that one. Hey, I'm I'm boosting this up again. Like the episode we did for Mo when he's drinking the lean. Mm. (laughs) Purple drink. Too much pressure. Yep. So, yeah, what are y'all thinking about when it comes to that trauma scene and him talking about how it affects humans? Specifically with brown people. Um, That's just a whole other topic. It is, yes. You're right, Spence. Um, We didn't even address the the racial stuff. Um, Who knows what he may have experienced while being in the military as a black man. Facts. Um, True. If there's been any sort of hazing or just being singled out in general yep. or just being black in general um day to day so um as we saw in some of the scenes i'm saying white boy and calling the one black guy i don't know if the, the guy was biracial or not um but calling him uncle tom and him having to pick a side are you white or are you black type yep. thing um basically can i trust you are you one of them or are you, you know, you're going to help a brother out. You're going to be on my side. Or you're going to be on their side. You're so, right. So um, that I kind of, you know, that goes along with, with that trauma, you know, um, Who do and you he trust? just kind of puts on this big, tough, you know, guy. Um, 
facade so that, you know, he can protect himself from other people hurting him. I'm going to hurt you before you can hurt me. Yep. So It's true. Very true. Yeah. Uh, you know, protect yourself. I'm a, you ain't going to get me. I'm going to get you mm-hmm. first, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly how you would say it, too, with that tenacity. Mm-hmm. Yep. So before you even think about it, I already done got you. Mm. Um, tough place to be. I've had some clients there. I've had some, a lot of humans with relationships that'll break mm. up with people or start some shit because hey, they're going to leave me anyway. So I might as well get rid of your punk ass and right. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, it's first good man or good woman that you've ever met, but you know, let's just throw them away. Kind of beat you to it first. Uh, I got you to it before you left me. Uh-huh. Leave. I won loneliness. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Spence. Before I cut you off, go ahead. No, I just think that uh, black drama is a lot different because um, Kendrick Lamar's last album. He talks a lot about about this. Um, talks about how just um, especially black men, if they're um, sexually abused or anything like that, they always. Um, try to hide that pain by wearing chains or just being like overly masculine to try and um, show that they're not hurt by this um, or by what happened to them. And it's always an interesting thing because then he even goes back to when, well, trigger warning, um, goes back to when in slavery, when slave masters like made slaves like rape each other and things like that. And then it all is just this psychotic, torture that's happening so it's not just a physical thing it's also a mental thing as well and it's how it's even bleeding down the lines of um people today and how just um like especially like like family members sexually assaulting like other family members is such a big thing in the black community um which it's unfortunately it, it needs to be talked about a lot more and not just pushed aside. Um, Cause that's just, you're just keeping the trauma going throughout your bloodline and it's just never yeah. going to stop until, you know, you make that change. Right. Until like the Trust new it. generation makes that change mm-hmm. um, and actually confronts it. And he even talked about how um, his mom kept asking him if his cousin touched him or anything and he kept saying no and she didn't really believe him and then that got into his head of like mm-hmm. did he or anything like that even though he didn't right so he and then he finds out that his mom was actually um sexually assaulted as well so okay. that's kind of the thing and then it just keeps on going and going and going and going and going and so you could relate that to here um, especially in the foster um, in foster care and things like that. Cause a lot of the times you get with people who don't have the best interests. They're looking for either a paycheck or they're looking to be a predator themselves. Yep. And so um, you really have to put that mask on and you can't show feelings um, and your anger just keeps on growing and growing. Cause you're not letting anything out. You're just keeping it all bottled in until one day it just pops. You end up, you end up hating yourself because you allowed it to happen. And then you blame yourself and uh, it's intense working with them folks. And with the young men of color that I've worked with that have been assaulted physically, it's intense work. 
uh, trauma therapy, mm-hmm. uh, and sexually, those are even harder. And mm-hmm. that might not get brought up for maybe a year or two, if I know them. For most of my young men, about a, a year maybe, year, year and a half is when they'll bring that up. Mm-hmm. Every time, year, year and a half. Every time, with if it's a there, it's a year, year and a half. And how often do we get to do a year, year and a half? That's not often. You get 48 sessions, you're not getting to that. But after I get to work with a lot of folks for a long time, then some of this other dark stuff they've told no one. You have Mm -hmm. no idea on how many times they'll lean forward like this. I got to tell you something. I ain't told no one this. I already know it. Mm -hmm. As soon as Mm -hmm. they say I haven't told no one, I know it. Mm -hmm. And my stomach turns. Because I'm like, fuck, I don't want to hear this. And there it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're right, Spence. It's not talked about. And then it gets exuded in this macho man. Because you're never going to let no one punk you again. Uh, a movie mm-hmm. that we will get to uh, soon. And I'll probably have Vic on us with when we do this. Uh, Moonlight. Oh, yeah. Right. Mo- Mo- Moonlight is literally this. That story arc. Mm-hmm. And then you know, all the chains and stuff and can't talk to no one. And, you know, he's a softer, kind young man and then gets turned to this mega thug, mega gangster. That last scene in that movie will be burned into my head for my entire life when he's looking at the moon and it's dark out and he's by the water and he just looks back at you. I mean, I was sobbing at that part because it's the innocent child that's inside all of us, but it gets Mm -hmm. taken away. As Antoine, it was taken away. And then after some love and some therapy and good, healthy relationships, right? It takes a while. It's not going to be one two-hour movie. It's going to be a course of, you know, multiple months, probably multiple years to get that real good healing back and good relationships, Mm -hmm. trust, to where you don't have to have that ride-or-die gangster right next to you. If someone, like, looks at you the wrong way, I'll kill you! Mm. (laughs) Right? <laughs> it takes a while to get that out of your out of your system. I remember right. one of my boys said, Nobs, I ain't no bitch. And you trying to make me a bitch. I said, okay. So that's what I'm trying to do now. So you've been working for me for this long, and that's what I'm trying to do to you. Okay. Well, maybe we stop talking. Hmm. And then he just looks at me. And then we continue to talk because he didn't fucking say nothing. So then we continue mm-hmm. to talk. And I said uh, before he left, don't you ever say I'm doing something to harm you. Everything's been in the benefit to help you on this journey. But now I'm not the bad guy here. Don't don't sabotage me. And now I'm the piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Right? You're, not, you're not doing that right now. <laughs> I remember when they first fell in love, this human, and then their heart was destroyed because it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And I said, you hate me? He said, why? Because I'm the one that made you open up and now you love someone and you got hurt for the first time ever. I never even thought about you. I said, I just wanted to ask because I know you thought I was messing with you. He said, no, man, I'm glad I had that. Even though I wish it worked out with baby girl. I said, yeah, so do I. The shit happens. It wasn't because mm-hmm. they fell out of love because some, some stuff happened with the, the, the girl. Stuff bad, bad mental health, and so it tanked. So the relationship tanked because they tanked because you know they went through some stuff. It was out of his control uh, and out of her control. 
So that's what made him uh, feel okay, but still miserable. It's because how can the world fuck you? It rained again? Mm-hmm. How's it always rain on me, Nas? I Shit, I don't know. Shit, it rains on me all the time, too. I'm just trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I just bought my first umbrella. <laughs> what an analogy. <laughs> as you get as you get your degree and as you get, you know, some healthy habits and shit, you can start to learn that when it rains, you can get a fucking umbrella. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> Split through this shit. Yep. Uh a reference to Yandu, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. It's in peace, Yandu. Ah, Jesus. I forgot about that. <laughs> Um, big so, thing. He died. I know. Sorry. We'll try and get to Moonlight next. So next pod you're on, we'll probably get to that. I want to get to like two or three scenes and then I can cut it up and then we'll go to the last scene. Um I feel like that's about it in here. Yeah. When it comes to the trauma and healing. Find you, as Vic said, find you a good therapist that you match with and it has holds some of your identities. You don't have to have someone that holds your identities as a person of color or queer, uh, right, socioeconomic status, but it usually makes you feel more comfortable to have someone that has that with you. Uh, obviously, if that person reminds you of someone and it's someone, someone that hurt you, then we, we need to immediately switch because there'll be too much transference. Uh, so, you know, if I look like your pop or your uncle or your coach, then you need you need to let me know and, and then we need to get you to someone else. I'll refer you to someone that I trust. If you're okay with that. It's funny you say that. Um, I did an intake on a lady last week and where I work at, they redid our rooms. We don't have offices anymore. We have intake rooms that look like interrogation rooms now. Oh, that's nice. So when I walked in, she had like this disappointment look on her face like, ugh. And I could just tell like, Mm. it's gonna be interesting and it took her i was probably with her for an hour and 45 which i never take that long for you know to do an intake based on what we do um but halfway through she started opening up she became tearful and she was telling me stuff and i was just like finally let's do it we broke the ice we broke the ice now i really know why you're here um, but sometimes those demographics do apply to certain people and, yep. you know, you have to address that. Is this going to bother you or can we work through this? Or like Nas said, like, let's find you the right person. Find the right person. And I'm not a selfish person when it comes to therapy. If I don't know what I'm doing, I'm going to go ask a bunch of people. And if I can't figure it out, then I'm going to get you to someone that specializes in that issue, that disorder, that experience. I, I at the end of my sessions, I'm like, Hey, you cool with me? You you mm-hmm. you okay working with me, a big boy, right? Big brown boy. You you okay with that, right? Yeah. I said, <laughs> you think my boy. big brown, big brown boy now. Uh you like my sense of humor okay. What about all the questions I just asked? Did I overstimulate you? No, you're good? Okay, yeah, no, I like you. I feel comfortable in here. Okay. Now after like, hey man, it was too much. Okay, I can lay off the gas. And like we can ease into it. Usually I can pick all mm-hmm. that stuff up, but I like to make mm-hmm. them feel like they have some choice. Because they do, and I can refer them to one of my colleagues. Uh, boy, whenever I meet people on Zoom for an intake, uh, I'm like, hey, you know. So when you see me in the office, 
You know, I ain't a little, little brown white lady now. Like, you know, well, obviously you're not a brown white lady. Brown white lady. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, a little mean? white lady. A little white lady. A little brown white lady. <laughs> a little brown white lady. Uh, that's the I don't know what I am. I don't know why. Uh, how you identify? <laughs> I identify as bruh. I'm transracial. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Rachel Giselle. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> No, I because I'm only therapist are majority white ladies, little white ladies. Um, so I'm like, all right, you see me on the screen, you know I'm brown, but like I am larger than a lot of humans. So if I don't prepare them, the look I get from them, it'd be like, is it the brown one? Like, yep, it's the brown one. (laughs) It's me. I can see them. Yeah, oh no, I don't ever get no waves. I get like the immediate like <laughs> I mean you do the waves, fool. Oh yeah, me do the waves? Yeah. You know, it's so awkward going to the front room when you don't know them and I can't read where the shit or like phonetically say <laughs> any names. I'd be like Booby? Timothy. Yeah. Timothy. Timothy. Aaron. Oh yeah. And I work with a lot of international students too, man. And just like our names, oh, Arabic yeah, names, Indian fair. names, Asian names, it's tough. I'd be like, who's here for the 2 p.m.? Seven hands go up. When are y'all motherfuckers Shit. here for me? <laughs> Nazir? You here for Nazir? Yeah. No. So here's something funny, though. They're usually like, oh, yeah, you know, you were big, this and that. I was cool with that. It was fine. If they didn't know me at all, they get a little shocked because, you know, they're expecting a white lady. Uh, surprise, not a white lady. Um <laughs> And I've had this this conversation with multiple students at the end where we talk about this funny dynamics and how we first met. Uh, and they said, you know what, Naz, I was thinking about this, you know, in our last couple sessions is when you come out to get me and then the other white ladies come out to get their students. She said, man, I'm sure I'm glad I got stuck with you. She said, I look at mm. some of them and I'm like, God, this was usually my students of color that say that. And like, I'm glad I got you. I said, I'm glad I got you, too. Glad I got you too. Some days it don't rain. Usually in the office, I say, You got stuck with me? You're the unlucky son of a gun. I tell you that, boy. <laughs> They'll be like, What do you mean? I said, I'm a piece of shit. I'm about to throw some stuffed animals at you until you leave. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, it is kind of weird on how we get matched up with humans, uh, Vic mm-hmm. and even Spence. Like, the world is weird. Like that, they just ended up on your roster instead of someone else's, or someone calls in sick. Then I would get a kid that they got, and I'm like, "This kid's fucking awesome." Now I'm going to keep them, and mm-hmm. and then you make friends in random places. And I met you so long ago, Vic, and then you know, it's not like we really talked. And then we mm-hmm. linked up at Mike's wedding, and then we talked, and then and then I seen you do some stuff on Snapchat, and then we talked mm-hmm. about better help, and then now you're doing some of the pods with us. It's just yeah, life is weird. You don't have to go with the first counselor. It's not always like destiny. Maybe it's destiny to dump their ass and get another one. All your choices, they lead to something, I feel like. I don't know. It's weird. Life is weird. It is. Nothing wrong with that. Yep. Never know. We wrapping it up, Spence? Yep. Anything else, Vic, before we go? 
No, I think uh, we covered some good content tonight. Okay. None, none, none <laughs> extra, no, no extra guac, no extra sour cream? Um, Always food with you. Gosh, oh, shut up. <laughs> Another cookie? Like, <laughs> Ooh, hey, I'm over here eating birthday cake you don't want so, dessert well, birthday you know cake. what i don't like at restaurants is when they you know you want dessert of course my fat ass want dessert <laughs> don't you ever <laughs> ask me that again i just ain't trying to pay for that fucking dessert i've never you actually have... seen you eat dessert though when they offer it i've never it's seen expensive. that because it costs too damn much it's like eight bucks now yeah for I'm a slice of cake ten dollars for a slice of cake get shit out of here <laughs> It was good cake, though. I'm sure it was. <laughs> Every time I see it, of course my big ass wants a piece of pie. Why are you even? Why it's twenty dollars. Just bring it here. I'll pay for it. Jesus. No, it's twenty dollars. <laughs> I mean, you can go ahead and bring me some of that diet water, the ice cubes. In it. It's just air. <laughs> Again, two pounds. Can I get the H two O without the H? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I still end up loaded. Whoa. All right. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for watching. Uh, thank you, Vicky, for coming on to the show. Really appreciate it. We got guests coming back, folks. It's not just me and Nas this time. Well, Again. everyone was having babies. So, That's, you know what? Congrats, guys. Yeah. yeah. None of us. The fuck? No. <laughs> We're staying away from children for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you yeah. sure? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. So is oh. so is Dom. She's very sure. Like, oh. mm -hmm. all right. I just got all my stuffed animals. Yeah. Well, hopefully you don't get one of those pregnant. Uh, remember. <laughs> well, as much as I bought, they pretty much guaranteed me I'll never talk to another woman again. So. I would love for you to just put that on like a dating profile on your fucking stuff. I'll just have them lined up like they're a choir. <laughs> Never get a date again. Never. And if I do, they're gonna be weird as shit. You're gonna be like, "Yeah, girl, come over here and then look at my stuff." Yeah, we finally meet them. Stab. <laughs> like, yeah, I saw this coming. All right. On that note, uh, remember to hit those buttons down below. <laughs> this like, has been the Different Spectrums podcast. Goodbye. Do all of it. Jesus yeah. Christ. Please God. help us out. Please stop recording. Oh, oh my God. God. I'm going to keep recording. Oh